Saturday was my birthday, so we did um, our own thing that day, and then no, Friday was my birthday. What are you, a hundred years old now? Yeah, dude, I got fucking wrecked. Yeah, happy birthday, dude. By the way, the day after, I threw up till like three o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I'm going home to take a nap. I'll meet you guys at dinner. Gotta love that. It was rough. I mean, having a birthday on a bachelor party weekend, probably not the greatest thing because you're just well, going to, you have to double down. His, the bachelor's birthday was two days before we left. Oh, no way. And then one of the kids' birthday was two days after we left, like after we left Nashville. Oh, so you guys just had a crew of people born in September. Yeah. All our parents fucked mm-hmm. in January 1st. About. <laughs> that was, that was specifically the day that they all had sex. Yeah. You were all conceived on the exact same day within the same hour. And that's how you met each other. That's how, those are September birthdays. It's like New Year's, they get a little frisky, they get a little drunk. We don't need a condom, I can pull out in time. <laughs> nope. Nope, and turns out September rolls around, infinite children. I would like to see like a like some kind of chart or something. Statistic of, of that, nine <laughs> months after big holidays. Yeah, I want to see that big spike after New Year's, that big spike after like Valentine's Day of just births from just people making bad decisions. Yeah. It's for sure a thing. Oh, the miracle of childbirth. Alcohol. What is up, you miscreants? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the fairest maiden in all the land, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the prince that was turned into a frog, Matt. Matt, what is going on, my man? What is up, you upcountry degen? <laughs> Those fucking degens from up north. I like how we just realized that we both love that show last yeah. week. Oh, like we had watched oh, the entire I've, season multiple it's, times. It's fucking Ginger and Boots. Ginger fucked the ostrich. <laughs> Allegedly. I, you just realized that. You just remembered that after our conversations from like this past week. Yeah, I remembered it like a couple days ago. Or, <laughs> and like, that sparked it Monday off. Monday or Tuesday at work. And I was like, oh, that's it. I, I told you. you don't it would know fucking come to me about. when it didn't matter. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a, what is it, is it HBO? Is it, or not HBO, Hulu? Uh, yeah, that's where I watched it, I was here. Yeah, it's on, it's it's a show called Letterkenny, and it's about uh, Canada, I guess. <laughs> like, farm country Canada. Yeah, it's, and it is, oh, it's a riot, it's so good. <laughs> well, that was, that might be the quickest from zero to immediately derailed that we've ever gotten <laughs> it honestly might be i like barely got done with the intro and you're immediately taking us off course into some other dimension that is not magic the gathering you got a fucking lizard brain dude i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah it's not great <laughs> at least it's staying on track it's great at uh being a distraction and making me laugh so i'll take that i'm fucking consistent you know what consistency is key from what i've heard yeah and i mean earlier this week on twitter um, I made an announcement that there are things coming down the pipeline that are pretty exciting, at least in my eyes, are pretty exciting. Pretty cool, for sure. Yeah, and one of which just happens to be that the Fetch and Shock podcast is now brought to you by the lovely folks at Flipside Gaming. We did it. We sold out. Yeah, we're corporate sellouts now. <laughs> yeah, we met the dude at uh, GP Syracuse. Yeah, so, uh, so Flipside Gaming... Um, online store, you can go uh, get the best deals on the planet for uh, Magic Singles, for Magic Sealed product, for Magic Supplies. And if at checkout you use the code FETCH, 
you can get 10% off your total order. So you can save yourself some money. You can help out your favorite podcast. Uh, and it's a, it's a win-win situation for literally everybody involved. You can't beat it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, what do you have? Do you have that one card in mind that you need to get foiled out for your new commander deck? Your fucking foil zombie deck, Knife City, you fucking pussy. <laughs> go get it. Yeah, go get your last foil soul ring that you bought a non-foil of online. I saw that tweet and I died. Yeah, I was crying. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, you uh, can they, go buy sleeves. You can go buy Eldrain booster boxes some other there. Shit too, though. Yeah, they do. Pokemon, yeah, how do you feel about getting a games. booster box of Eldrain for 10% off? Sounds good. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad to me. We get Speaking of Eldrain, we got some Eldrain to talk about because last week we did not get to uh, complete our review of the set because we had our little specialty episode from our dingy hotel room in uh, Syracuse, New York. Yeah, that we did, and I was out of town all last week. Yeah, well, so not we did all not have last the opportunity week, but... to record anything else. Yeah, not enough time to do anything. Yeah, it happens. But <laughs> actually, our, our hotel room is not dingy. It was actually pretty quality. Wait, quality in, right? I see what you did there. Hey, look at that. Again, told you, master transitions. It doesn't even matter what we're talking about. Hotels, Magic the Gathering, the shows on Hulu, all of it. I'm great. <laughs> Don't talk to me anymore. But yeah, we got we have the complete set of Throne of Eldrain spoiled out, available for everybody to look at. We got pre-release coming up this weekend, which hopefully everybody's going out and uh, getting to play with the sweet new cards. And some of these cards might actually, in my opinion, I think there's some of them are definitely going to see play in constructed formats across the board. Yeah, some of them for sure will. Oh, yeah. There's I mean, there's things that I'm going to just play around with because uh, I'm bad at magic and I just like to see strange things happen. Because I don't want to play the best deck, but I do want to play the most fun deck. And some of these cards are going to definitely grant me the most fun. For sure, some of them will. All right, I mean, let's start at the top with uh, a card that I we both agreed was is going to be a big-time contender in Standard. Um, it's Brazen Borrower. How do you feel about that, that fairy boy? Uh, that's going to be good in probably at least Standard and for sure Modern. Uh, yeah. It, it bounces something, and then you get a 3-1 flash guy that its drawback is you can only block creatures with flying. Well, the thing is, we've seen the three-mana, one-blue-blue fairy 3-1 flyer multiple times, and every single time it's been printed, it's shown up in some capacity in mod. Yeah, and been pretty decent. It's a good yeah. beater. Yeah, Vendillion Click is obviously the, the notable first one. Fairy Wizard, 3-1 uh, for the same mana cost. Enters the battlefield, you look at your opponent's hand, or you look at a hand, and you can okay, choose a non-land card. Yeah, target player's hand, choose a non-land card, they put it on the bottom of their library, and then they draw a card. And Vendillion Click has been in modern since its inception. Yeah, I don't think this is as good, but no, not close. it does a different task, yes. and has the same outcome of beating face. Uh, so the petty, petty theft is the adventure cost, an instant and it reads return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand so a boomerang or not boomerang but what the fuck is that one yeah like it, like an echoing truth effect. disperse or whatever yeah, yeah just a, a bounce effect for a non-land permanent which i think is important that it says non-land permanent and just creature because if it just said return target creature to its owner's hand this card would be significantly worse yes it can bounce some blood moons or chalice of the voids or anything, like, you can get real tricky with this. Yeah, and then you just have a nice 3-1 flash guy. 
Yeah, and it, the other text on it says uh, it can only block creatures with flying. I, that doesn't, I don't think it particularly matters. I mean, there have been occasions in the past where you flash in a Vendillion click uh, to block, but in that scenario, you're probably not winning that game anyway, so. Yeah, very, very rarely. And I can't remember what the other card is, is the name is, but it is the, it's the same format where it's one blue, blue, three, one flyer has flash. Um, but it is from the Kaladesh set and it has, uh, cycling. And for the cycling, it is a stifle. I know, uh, even Winge something. Oh yeah, you're right. It's something like that. But yeah, it's the same format. And there has been modern, uh, meta games where instead of playing Vendillion click, I played that guy instead because it just made more sense. So I can see this, uh, the Brazen Borrower replacing Vendillion Click in some formats just because that ability to bounce something back is just more relevant than removing a card, especially in how quick Modern has been getting. Well, this is two effects on one card, which always is good. Yeah, and I think the big thing to remember is is that you, after just bouncing something, if you really want that very next turn, you can keep a counterspell up for your turn, and then flash this guy in from exile if they don't do anything. Yeah. I think this guy is going to be Reman's best friend. Yeah. You're not wrong. I, that's, I, yeah, that's a really good point. I think this is going to see a lot of play in like tempo E decks and probably even some amount of control decks that it's a good finisher. Once you have an opening, you bounce something to theirs. Um, and then you have counter magic to get it when it's coming back down. Well, in my, in my point that I had made about modern becoming quicker do you think this card's just existence and the ability to have this effect um, and also have a creature attack like tacked onto it? Do you think this bolsters like a fairies type strategy in modern again? Um, it might. I think the biggest thing this is going to do is uh, what I'm thinking of is like against Jund. Okay, they play their turn two Ren and Six. They play their turn three Liliana. Okay, in response, I'm going to bounce your whichever one. And then at the end of turn, flash this guy and kill the other one or something along that. Yeah. Along those lines. My favorite thing, too, um, at least historically playing blue decks against Jund with Liliana has been in response to like the Liliana activation when they have zero cards in hand. Um, they activate the minus to each a player discards a card. Bounce you get, you use a bounce spell, bounce Liliana back to their hand. They have to discard Liliana and then you're just like back to square one. It's essentially a removal spell for that card. Yeah. And if you get to do that, I mean, your opponent can play around it if they have both Liliana and Renin Six, just because this, unfortunately, Brazen Borrower has one toughness, dies to Renin Six. That's the world that we live in now, that if you're even considering something against a Jun matchup, it having one toughness immediately almost makes it unplayable for him in that yeah, case. It's very, like, Bob is the worst card in the Jun matchup now. People have actually been playing Jund, or playing uh, Bobs in Jund again, and I am shock just like looking at lists i see like two john or two like uh bobs popping into the main deck and i'm just like taken aback by that I'm like, oh it, well, it's really thing. really good in non-john matchups or non-ren and six matchups but when ren and six is involved that card is just so poor yes i agree with you the the big part of this card is when they don't have ren and six yeah. or not this card but bob when you have bob yeah and they don't immediately answer him he goes you just start to run away with card advantage and do you know what jund is really good at doing generating card advantage 
Generating card advantage and smashing your fucking dicks. Oh, yeah, and just kicking you in the teeth with, like, Tarmogoyfs or something. Yeah. And and it's so sad to me because I I love Dark Confidant, love Bob so much. Uh, But Renin 6 at this point is just a better card advantage engine than Bob ever was. Yeah. Which is so hard for me to comprehend. Honestly, when I was uh, playing Jund and I hit lands off Bob, it's fucking awesome. I don't take any damage. I draw an extra card. Now Renin 6 does that, and it's a removal spell. And if it ultimates, you basically just fucking win. Oh my god, yeah. Especially in if you play your cards right, and you don't have to, like, commit more lands to the board, or and you can just, like, stockpile, like, two or three lands, there's no way that you can lose, like, flashing back a cola against Command. Or flashing back, like, something along those lines. Like, that crucial bolt to, like, deal that last three damage, or uh, it's something to just completely blow your opponent out. Because I have one against the Renin 6 ultimate, but the only way to do that is applying enough pressure to Where your it opponent yeah. that, it, that they can't... Yeah, they can't... It, usually it's through mana denials in Death death and Taxes and Legacy. Uh, but yeah, when they just need to continue to play their lands because you're applying so much pressure. They need to be able to cast like that, that two-spell a turn thing. But nine times out of ten, it's just not the case and Renin 6 is just going to fucking crush you. Yeah. No, I think this card's very good. Yeah. I think this card's going to be an outstanding card in standard and might actually see some modern play. I think it'll not a ridiculous amount, but yeah, it's not going to be like, it'll see some shit. It's not going to yeah. be the best card in modern, but it's definitely going to see some play. Yeah, I agree. What's, uh, what's next on your agenda, sir? I don't think we really talked about it, but, um, maybe we talked about Ember Cleaver, but I really like these, uh, legendary artifact, the, the cycle. I think Ember Cleave was out. I don't think they all were when we talked about them. No, I know I the don't white one was for either. sure. Um, I think the white and red ones were the ones that were out. Yes, I agree with that. My thing is, I, none of these cards stand out to me as like, oh, these are just absolutely backbreaking. They're just going to win the game. Um, my thought process is, I really like in formats or in sets like this, where even like the focus for it is the top-down design. Like, they're trying to make it themey. <laughs> themey, themey. Yeah, they're trying to keep the, keep it themey. And they're trying to bring all of the the outside influences into Magic, but they still are doing these cool ideas where they're making, like, these legendary artifacts, and they're kind of pushing the envelope with what a legendary creature is, and they're doing other great things in a Magic context that have really nothing else to do with... Uh, with the top-down design theme itself, um, I think these are really, really cool. Just from a just from a flavor and design standpoint. Yeah, I agree. Well, the next card on my list that I wanted to talk about because uh, I think this card just like the text on it is it blows my mind. It's uh, Torbran, Thane of Redfell or Thane of Redfell, Thane, yeah, Thane, right? Thane, yeah. Sure, that makes sense to me. Um, but he is a legendary creature, Dwarf Noble for. Four mana, one red, red, red. And he is a 2-4 and says, if a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus two instead. What? Um, Standard, fucking great. Uh, hey, Mono Red, what's up? How you doing? How you doing, Mono Red? And um, here's, I and think they've that's... been a cycle of these guys, too, that uh, it's legendary creatures with three of their respective color identity in their mana cost. Yes. But this um, one's the one that stood out to me. It's just like, Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. Does this, this guy just makes like a burn commander deck viable, doesn't it? Probably. Um, I don't know about 
maybe what's the the new one? Not Commander, but uh, br- yeah, Brawl. Brawl, more pro- probably more so Brawl. Yeah, sure. Than Commander, but Actually, yeah, I mean that makes more sense to me. It's like a Brawl, a burn deck. This guy just like slots right into is because is I'm a, I don't know. I would have to let's phone up uh, well, the Brawl experts four. out there. But yeah, how many burn spells are in Brawl? Because this he attacks for four against creatures. Yeah, because he deals damage. All of your creatures get that extra two damage. Yeah, so he's, a, gonna make... he's a, essentially a four mana four four when it comes to dealing damage. I could see this going like being good in like the goblin go wide strategies where yeah. you're just making fucking goblins left and right. Yeah, because it makes and all of your one ones just deal three. three damage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like uh, just a one one goblin just like attacking yeah. as like a three one. Uh, I was falling because my coaster stuck to the bottom of my glass oh no That's somebody the called worst. the police somebody called the coaster police <sighs> we got a robbery um yeah this dude's gonna be pretty good in standard i think yeah and the whole cycle of uh triple colored uh of their color identity legendary creatures yeah, yeah so it's something the white one is white 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 the blue one is x blue 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 then the black is black 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 this dude's white red red or colorless red 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 and the green dude is just green, green, green. And I want to say we talked about the blue one, the Gadwick the Wizened, uh, yeah. on our first Eldraine episode. Yeah, none of these really stick out, except maybe that dude. The blue one and the red one. Yeah. Um, The white one, as much as I want the white one to be good, I think it's just, like, not great. Um, maybe as a commander, but I also think that there's other aggressive there's white, white commander, commanders. Yeah. Maybe if you're trying to do like a very specific like soul sisteries kind of thing, um, sure. Um, but the and by a wide margin, the best part about uh, that card is the fact that the artist is Ryan Pankos and the artist is so incredible. It reminds me of Gimli. Oh, I mean, you're talking about uh, Torben. I'm talking about the white one, Linden. Oh, Torbri is Torbran or whatever. No, Linden, the steadfast queen is uh, is painted by. Ryan Pancoast. And also the red one, uh, Ayara, first of Lochtwain. Lochtwain, yeah, that's what it is. Also Ryan painted, Pankos. illustrated by the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Pancoast. So shout out to Ryan Pancoast, greatest artist in Magic the Gathering. Well, but I'm not getting into that with he you. He has, we, that will be an episode. And I mean, we already kind of had an episode on that where I just waxed poetic about the greatest artist in Magic. But you sat there had, for an hour and a half and jerked off. That's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'll do it multiple times. But uh, Ryan has had multiple uh, different arts. Yeah. arts in this set specifically. And I am going to go so far as to say the greatest art in, and we'll talk about this card when we go past it, um, the best art in this set and quite possibly may, the best art in Magic history is in this set and it is by Ryan. The snaky thing. No, it is not. That is a Mark Poole card. We'll talk about that one too. But yeah, the I, I in my opinion... Uh, the best art that has ever been put on the magic card, at least like on a technical level, just absolutely flawless. Like masterpiece could be hanging in the fucking Louvre piece of art is in this set. And it's by Ryan. So, but we'll get to that. Let's move on. Um, what else are you feeling from this set? Cause there are a couple actually really cool cards. I have one that I kind of want to talk about. Um, and it's realm cloaked giant. Mm, garbage. He's seven, seven. Uh, oh, no, that dude. I was thinking something else. Yeah, no. he's pretty fucking dope. Yeah, Realmclo Giant, for, he's a 7-7 seven, seven for 5 and 2 white. 7-7 um, seven, seven with Vigilance, you fucking D-Gen. Oh, he does have Vigilance. You're right. You're right. He, he, and he's also a creature giant, which I think also looking at these spoilers, there might be a 5-color Giants commander deck out there somewhere. 
Because we just got a big influx of giants from this set. Yeah. Um, but despite the fact that he is just a 7-mana seven 7-7 seven with Vigilance, he also has the lovely ability uh, Adventure. So you can, for 3 and 2 white, you can cast him as a sorcery as cast off, and it's destroy all non-giant creature. Yeah, that's what he is. He, he turns out he's a giant. Yeah, so you fucking wipe the board. Yeah. Make man. some land drops. Play a 7-7 seven, seven Vigilance, dude. Yeah, I I dig this. Yeah, seems pretty good. Yeah, a creature that's also a Wrath. Or it's a Wrath and then turns into a 7-7 seven, seven two turns later. This seems like a great, uh, almost like a finisher in a control deck. Like, there's going to be other cards you want to put. I mean, there's three mana Teferi still in this format. Even just as a five mana destroy all non-giant creatures. Yeah, how many giants? Very clearly a very first pickable card. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Limited, this card's nuts, but I'm thinking of constructed too. Uh, Maybe standard-ish, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not thinking outside of Nothing past standard. I think Maybe standard Commander. is good, because it is just a five-mana Wrath, right? Yeah. That if you're drawing cards and you hit two more lands, you just get a 7-7 seven, seven after you Wrath? Yeah. Pretty cool. Anything that really stood out to you, too? Uh, hold on. I'm going down. We talked about most of these things that are not really worth talking about. Um, the Iron Crag feet. Oh, boy. we You and me, if you listen to the last week's podcast, you know that me and Matt spent uh, an extensive time at a Ruby Tuesdays in Syracuse, New York. Yeah. And, and we were talking about this there. I would say a solid, like 30% of our conversation at that Ruby Tuesdays was talking about the iron crag feet. Cause it had just been spoiled like that evening or during that day. And yeah, no, I spent all weird. day driving. You spent all day working. So we didn't get to talk about anything until we sat down and had beers at Ruby Tuesdays. So this is one red, 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 and it is a sorcery that reads add seven red mana. You can you can only cast one more spell this turn. Do you know <laughs> what ironically costs seven mana? What does to play and activate uh, Goblin Charbelcher? You're right. Charbelcher is exactly seven mana to play and activate. Four mana to play, three mana to activate, uh, and uh, essentially kill your opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Goblin Charbelcher is a deck in legacy, legacy like like one man well our one man of belcher is it de- is it's a deck in vintage right is it is it it's just playing one land in vintage right uh yeah it's the land it's playing is way different than taiga it's not taiga what is it to larian academy oh yeah i guess that makes sense yeah you got all but the it's still just one mana because you're just using like artifact mana and stuff like free spells yeah makes your sense basic, to me. like lotus petals um, I'm pretty sure that deck even plays like Pact of Negations and Force of Wills. Um, <laughs> I can see that. Some counter Magic. Counter Magic. Yeah, classic Vintage. But yeah, this card is uh, whoo, this card is on its face incredibly powerful. I don't think it's going to be very powerful in Standard. Obviously not Standard. Uh, I don't think it's really going to see play in Modern unless somebody develops like a Charbelcher list. But in Modern, hard they don't have... You could do it, but it would be rough. They don't have the ways to ensure the mana uh, in order to start your engine like Legacy and Vintage. It just wouldn't go off turn one. I'm yeah. sure you could play uh, Land Grant's not modern legal. Never mind. No, it's not. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have Land Grant. You don't have all of the ways to start your rituals off that are free. You really only have uh, the uh, Mana Monkey. Yeah. Simeon Spirit Guide. That's really cool. all you got for this card. Good. Yeah, so... Um... 
I was I was agreeing with you there. Simeon Spirit God's probably the only free one you could actually yeah. uh, get. Um, the fuck was I gonna say? If you're Man, like do Mox Diamond, Diamond's not legal and modern though. I was if it would be. Oh well, that'd be a way different story if Mox Diamond was a modern. Yeah, yeah. I think this card's gonna be made for that deck pretty much. Yeah, it seems like it is very easily just slotted into the Char Belcher deck. I don't know if it's going to make it playable in Char Belcher with all the other things that are going around, but... Yeah, it just seems like a wasted space. Yeah, throw the dog a bone. Uh, I think, you know, speaking of wasted space, um, the biggest part about this card that is actually wasted space is they the fact that... They didn't fucking put seven red mana symbols? Thank is that what you're you. going to say? Thank you, Matthew, because that is exactly what I was going to fucking say. Why did they not put seven red mana symbols consecutively on this card? That would have been so, so cool. Come on, they, Wizards. They have Come the room, on. too. You they have, have the room. one job. And then you got cards that have, you have to fucking have a magnifying glass and a PhD to be able to fucking read. But you can't <laughs> add seven red mana symbols to your boy. <laughs> you could have just made, put the pretty picture on the motherfucking card with piece of shit. Yeah, they fucked up there, I thought, but... God damn. So many people were like, thank you for not putting seven red mana symbols. They can go fuck themselves. Yeah, those people are wrong. If you're one of those people, stop listening. Because that would have been so cool to have those mana symbols on I a card that more. only only appeals to people who want to have those mana symbols on it. Because the people who want, who are just like, I don't think, I think, I think you should have it more concise and just put the word seven and then the red mana symbols. Those people are not the people playing Belcher. The people who are playing Belcher are just like, turn one, do thing. Yeah. <laughs> Give me oh, thing. Fuck me. I just saw the card below that for the first time. I want to talk about that one. That's a what? spicy meatball. Yeah, I want to talk about this fucking iron, iron crag pyromancer. I literally yeah. did not see this card until we were talking about iron crag feet. So this bitch is two colorless mana and one red mana for a human wizard. Just had to throw a fucking wizard on there. Okay, cool. Gotta love it. Oh, four, which is strange. But wait, there's more. I'm not Dr. Seuss in this bitch on purpose. <laughs> Whenever you draw your second card each turn, Iron Crag Pyromancer deals three damage to any target. Fear fire is a sensible instinct. That if I were you, cantrips, I'd be terrified. Turns cantrips into fucking lightning bolts. He just casually. The fact that it says three damage blows my mind. Three damage to any target. Yeah, that hurt my brain. This is I like a control like player's a like wet dream. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, this card is sweet. It's three mana, and it it's a four. Oh four. What? Because like one, you're never attacking with it. Wow, this card is really, really, really cool. Yeah, I don't give a fuck if I attack with this ever. I plan on just bolting someone in the face. Constantly. You know what? You know what? Actually, I might do. I'm actually kind of glad it's an 04 because I'm going to play this with like three available mana and then I'm going to draw some cards and then I'm going to kill every one of my fucking opponent's creatures and then I'm going to send a message by attacking for zero. <laughs> Attack for zero. <laughs> so the caveat with this is you can only do this once per turn. Yes, it's only your second card, but I'm going to like cast. Like, uh, like, Up, and uh, then, electrolyze. Yeah. And be able to dome some. And the, the fact that you can just hit your opponent in the skull, like draw a card, bolt your opponent. Oh boy. That's yeah, a spicy just kind of leaves it open. Oh, they don't have any creatures. Cool. Or they have a planeswalker. Cool. I'm going to ping that for three. Yeah. Planeswalkers are definitely a thing. Uh, and this set has confirmed that planeswalkers are here to stay. 
If if uh, you you were curious about the existence of Planeswalkers and Magic after War of the Spark, oh boy. Because I, I think in general, War of the Spark, obviously with the number of Planeswalkers that were in that, we're bound to get some powerful ones. But I think per capita, this set has like incredible Planeswalker. The, yeah, the few they have, they're pretty fucking str- solid without a yeah. doubt. Yeah, like the Planeswalker in this set, like I said, per capita, I think all of the Planeswalkers in this set are playable in possibly multiple formats. Yeah, I can see it. At least in their standard environment, at very, very least. Yeah, standard for sure. I'm sure some of them will see play here and there in other formats. It's inevitable to try. Yeah, but this card's definitely something we're going to try out. Um, the next card I wanted to talk about um, was actually my one close friend, uh, Rupert. Again, commander guy, a popper guy. Um, not so much constructed formats outside of uh, those two. Um, but he sent me the card Hushbringer because I did not get to see it at that point because I was at work and I was actually doing something. Um, he sent that to me. He's like, whoa, what do you think about this? And I saw it and I'm like, oh boy. Oh, this is a this is a creature. So Hushbringer is a uh, one, two flying lifelinker for one and a white. And it says creatures entering the battlefield or dying doesn't cause abilities to trigger. I like it. That is some text. Whoa, that is a static. That is a crazy ability. Another nice little hate bear that uh, happens to be a flyer has lifelink and fucks off Ren and Six. I mean, yeah, it's an O2. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't die to Ren one and Six, two. it turns out. That's a 1-2. My thing, my thing with this, though... Um, it's a 1-2, it, not an O2. No, it's a 1-2. So it does attack. That's what I said. You said it was an O2. Oh, I'm sorry. I, did I actually... Yeah, because it has flying and lifelink. That bitch can get in there. Yeah, it definitely can. My thing with this, though, um, and, uh, man, it, this card would be borderline one of the best hate bears ever printed if it wasn't symmetrical. Oh, yeah, for sure. Symmetrical just makes this card, like, a flip of a coin. It, it could be really good, or it could just be totally lights out for you. Because, like, Stoneforge Mystic, Flicker Wisp, Recruit of the Guard. There's so many cards with great Enter the Battlefield abilities that you need to use. This card just shots off and it feels really, really, really bad. This card could see a home in modern in a particular metagame. Yeah, I could see it. It's going to be big in white commander decks. Yeah. Uh, also, this this card reads uh, for a lot of commanders, uh, you don't do anything. Yeah. How many commanders out there say uh, enter the battlefield, do X, do something, something, something? Or the white, black sacrifice decks. Yeah, not, yeah, not even to mention like the... The sacrifice decks are like, oh, like Mirren? Uh, okay. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, enjoy enjoy your entire premise, because this card just ruins it. Like, you have to remove this before you get to play your game. That that feels bad. But feeling bad is a relevant, is a relevant thing in Magic that people like to do, including myself, so uh, here's I'm a sucker for cards like this. This seems pretty good and limited. Uh, animating Fairy? Oh, yeah, I do like this card. Target not though, so it's a two and a blue two two flyer solid. Um, but mm-hmm. the adventure cost is two and a blue. Target non creature artifact you control becomes a zero zero artifact creature. Put four one one counters on. Yeah, that's something. Seems pretty. What you good. know about food tokens, my dude? Yeah, they're they're everywhere. Yeah, this just turns a food into a, a classic four mana creature for three mana, and then the next turn you can just get a two two flyer. Yeah, even if this was just a 2-2 flyer for three, that's perfectly acceptable. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to the blue-green archetype in Limited, but we will get to that. Yeah, we'll probably do that next week. I mean, we could talk about Limited today, too, because we do have pre-release coming up, but um, let's hammer through these uh, last couple cards that we want to talk about. Um, Defending Silence, it was spoiled before, but I don't think we got to talk about it, but I do want to say something. Um, Defending Silence is a one-white mana enchantment, and each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell each turn. Welcome to Death and Taxes, sir. Yeah, what's up, bud? Uh, in in a in a meta where uh, Storm is incredibly popular, or even Modern, if Storm gets really popular, because there's definitely a chance that it could. This card is probably just better than like Aether Sworn Candidate or uh, the one Spirit that does a similar effect. Yeah, this card because it, it being one mana is a real thing. Yeah, you're not wrong. And you're playing creatures, so you can do multiple creatures. Your opponent is not playing creatures, so they're bottlenecked on only doing one thing a turn. Nine times out of ten, those decks are not able to deal with enchantments, where they are probably able to deal with creatures in some capacity. Um, If they're using bounce spells to deal with things, they have to waste a bounce spell on this when they're not dealing with your Rest in Peace. They're not dealing with your Thalia. They're not dealing with something else. Because the key to beating those decks is stacking those abilities. So that if they have that one answer, they still have to deal with the other two or three. Yeah. This is just another piece of the death and taxes strategy, hate bear strategy arsenal that I am happy to add. Like I'm, I'm I'm going to snatch up four of these because I might not register it in every list that I play that has a hate bear death and taxes strategy, but having access to it in particular metas is going to be invaluable. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah, love that card. Love it, love it, love it. And anytime I tweeted, um, anytime a Death and Taxes card uh, is printed, a Sarah Angel gets her wings. Yeah. And that is, that. this is, a Sarah Angel definitely got her wings uh, with this card's printing. You're not wrong. Um, Let's move down. Let's talk about, there was an abundance of uh, spells and creatures spoiled. Most of them commons and uncommons this past week. Um, Just kind of releasing the rest of the set, getting us prepared for, the pre-release. Uh, before we dive into that, there are some multicolored spells that we definitely would need to talk about. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Are there any ones that uh, you immediately jump to your brain? I personally like uh, Drown in the Lock. Yeah, that Drown card is incredibly powerful. Yeah, definitely would be pretty good. Uh, so that reads, Blue Black Instant, choose one. Counter-target spell with converted mana costs less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's graveyard, or destroy target creature with converted mana costs less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's graveyard. Yeah. Modern's a fast format. Yes, it is. There's a lot of low-drop creatures. This is going to be a counter spell or a removal spell in most scenarios. Yeah, uh, and especially in the frequency that some decks are trying to actively put things in their graveyard. A lot of decks in modern. Like, that's generally. something that is still a thing even after the Hogak era. Like, Storm is still putting a bunch of cards in their graveyard. Well, um, Fetchlands are also illegal, so... Yeah, Fetchlands, exactly, that was my next point. The Fetchlands are illegal, so nine times out of ten, people are going to be fetching and putting things in their graveyard. Like, Burn is constantly putting instant sorceries in their graveyard. Most decks are either fetching or casting something that is not a permanent. This card, a lot of the time, just reads blue-black counter-target thing or destroy target. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, this card is abundantly powerful, and I can see it being a mainstay in, like you said, modern. Um, Maybe not Legacy, 
just because the 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 things that hey, you want to be fucking blue and it pitches the force of will. It's going in legacy. Ah, okay. Uh, you that is a really good point. I can agree with that. And it pitches to force negation. Yeah, I, I it is a more powerful modern card than a legacy card, but I, that does not rule out its ability to be played in legacy. True. So the another card that I wanted to talk about was uh, Grum Gully the Generous. This is another uh, Ruby Tuesday special that we talked about. Uh, he is a three mana one a black or one a red and a green for a three three Goblin Shaman legendary creature. And it says each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter. This card it just reads from top to bottom combo. Combo. Yeah, we got a combo over here. <laughs> yeah, this card is uh is something. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, and my thought, you know what? Uh, when I we didn't initially talk about this, but when I got to thinking about it. Uh, you know what I can really compare this to? Rhythm of the Wild. That enchantment from uh, the return to return to uh, Ravnica. Ravnica. Yeah, kind of. If worse comes to worst, you creatures just get an addition, like a plus one, plus one. Yeah, just get thicker. And ain't nothing wrong with being thicker. Well, that's going to make some thick girls and boys. And I am a big fan of thick girls and a big fan of thick boys. All of them. Just bring bring the thickness, come over here. But yeah, this like eliminates the the persist mechanic um <laughs> funny enough uh on the uh, magic youtube channel fireball uh pleasant kenobi vince just did a video on uh, combo goblins and he is playing for rhythm of the wilds in that deck to uh to combo off with a sacrifice outlet and uh the one four mana goblin that when you sack it it deals damage Mons, Mons. No, 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 no. Uh, the shit. What's it called? It's the one that's like Kitchen Finks. It has persist. Oh, Murder's Redcap. Murder's Redcap, exactly. So with this guy in Murder's Redcap and a sack outlet, you deal infinite damage. Yep. Uh, okay. And the uh -oh. fact that it's a goblin, and there are goblin sack outlets. Uh, okay. Sure. 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 Yeah, sure. Just better than Rhythm of the Wild in that particular deck. Yeah. Probably in most decks. Yeah, and just in most, like this card is sweet. Like in limited, oh, this card's a house. Like Rhythm of Wild was a house in limited, and the fact that you got the choice was really good. But just in general, just being able to just you know throw a counter on every creature that enters the battlefield. Well, I guarantee this uh, inspires a red green goblin deck that now gets to play uh, Coco Collective Company. Ooh, I like where your head's at. I mean, do you think it's just going to be Jun Goblins? Why? Why do you need black? <clears throat> well, you get to play the one. Uh, four mana from, uh, is it, uh, it's like not Siege Gang Commander. Um, Five mana anyway. Uh, it's from uh, Modern Horizon, where you sack a goblin and then uh, you gain the life and your opponent loses. Life. Oh, I would just, uh, you could do that. But and they... it creates do goblins when it comes to the battlefield. It's like Siege Gang Commander, except for it has that ability tacked onto it and it is three and a black. There's also just have the one drop goblin that you sack a goblin at a red mana to your mana pool. Yeah, there. Yeah, there are a lot of and even in the artifact matchup. There's like the goblin trash master where you sack a goblin, destroy an artifact. That's really good against Tron. It's really good against Urza. Yeah, that's yeah. Those are all good things. Like there are a the bunch of good goblins. Tier one this modern goblins. Tier yeah, one modern John goblins. Goblins and modern. Here first. Take notes. 
the next big deck. I love that would actually be fucking hilarious. I would love that. <laughs> Just taking over the format. <laughs> Move over, Hogak. <laughs> Grumgully is here. There's a new daddy in town. Yeah, there's a new poppy in town, and his name is Grumgully, and he is one smurf-looking motherfucker with <laughs> mushrooms growing from his hand, and he's here to make big boys bigger, and he's just going to ruin your life. It's going to happen. I love it. Yeah, so Grumgully is and just an uncommon that we're talking this much about an uncommon. I'm real into that. Uh, Seems fun, though. Uh, were there any like artifacts that you're interested in? Because I think that's the point where we're at. Those are the colorless ones that we were definitely excited about. I definitely like Stone Coil Serpent. It's an okay card, but the art is fucking ridiculous. <sighs> yes, man, come on, Mark Pool. Just keep giving us more. Yeah, the art is insane. Um, the card's meh. And this is a point that I have uh I've been making, maybe not on air, but just in regular conversation with with other Magic players. Uh, so Stone Coil Serpent is a zero zero for X. It has reach trample and protection from multicolors. And then when it enters the battlefield or it enters the battlefield with X plus one, plus one counters. It. So X is whatever it's meant, whatever you cast it for. Um, but it has protection from multicolor. I don't think that is going to be particularly relevant in the coming standard, at least after Ravnica when Theros comes out, because I am almost certain with the things that we have seen so far with the legendary creatures with three, colors in their cost, the lands that we're about to talk about, and a, a myriad of other things. Uh, I am almost certain at this point that we are going to see Devotion, the mechanic, back in uh, Return to Theros. We shall see. Which I don't I am, know why they wouldn't do it. I am on it board with that because... Version think, that's really close to it. Man, yeah, or it could be something very close. But I think we're just going to get actual Devotion because I think Devotion is quite possibly one of the best mechanics that has ever been printed. I am in love with that mechanic. Like it is up there with like cycling. That card is so, so cool. And it really affects how you build a deck and it affects how you draft. And it really forces you into a color and it makes you really think in all aspects of magic. And in the draft format, when you're thinking about devotion, you want to lean towards that color. It opens up the table more. Yeah. So you don't have to get stuck in this angle where, you're going to some you're going to blue white and the person to your right is going to like red white or red blue and the person to your left is going to white black or something like that so you're getting cut one way um but getting fed that other color the other way yeah and you're getting cut the other way but fed that other color and you're like kind of getting split on that you you get the very clear signals that the person to your left is going for devotion for green and the person to your right is going for devotion for red. So you can stay in that lane for devotion for white and be totally fine because you're not screwing with the green and you're not screwing with the red and people are feeding you those colors. And then that person across from you can also be taking that white cards and it has this lovely division of power and there's it's it's great for draft. I love devotion. Yeah, it seems pretty solid. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, we got eight new lands, uh, five, or ten, sorry, I'm an idiot. Five yeah, we got ten new lands rare. because there's a common cycle and a rare cycle. Yeah, so from the rare cycle, <clears throat> the two that really stick out to me are the blue one, um, Castle Vantress. They're all castles. Um, the the rare ones are all castles. So it's Castle Vantress. It enters the battlefield tapped unless you control an island. So, okay, pretty easy to turn on. 
And that's across uh, the board for all of these rare lands as they enter yeah. the battlefield tapped and let you control uh, whatever land the basic of land of that color. Not basic. Oh, just the, the land type of that color. So you could yeah. have like for the Castle Vantress, you could have like a hollowed fountain. Yes. Uh, so it taps for blue and then its second <clears throat> ability is two blue, blue tap scry two. Seems pretty good. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And then the green one, I think, is going to be the best one. Oh, my God. Uh, so... Castle of Primeval Titan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking perfect. You did it. So it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control forest. Uh, taps for a green. And then for four, uh, so two green, green. Tap, add six green mana. Only spend mana to cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. Yeah, only use this to cast Primeval Titan. It's basically a soul land. Holy shit, is it basically a soul land? You're right. So soul lands are lands that tap for uh, two mana. So you're... For anybody out there. So do the math. You pay four, you add six. Positive two mana. Yes. Holy freaking shit. That card just screams to me. Primeval Titan. And I think everybody who read that, who has ever read also Primeval Titan, uh, saw that exact same thing. They're just like, what is going on? Yeah, they're getting giddy. Yeah, I love it. Oh my goodness. I hate Primeval Titan as a card, but I love this land. And I'm at this weird crossroads with it where I'm just like, oh, I want to see this happen. And I want to do this myself. But also, I never, ever want to play against this ever. So pack and your this, field runes in your ghost quarters, kids. This will also feed into like X creature spells. Um, all creatures. Yeah. Or abilities of creatures. Yeah, you're right. Uh, in cube specifically, I'm thinking of like Pelucranos. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it seems pretty good. There's also like infinite hydras. Uh, there's so many different things that this could be really good with. It's just nothing is quite as good as the primeval Titan thing. Uh, that's not saying it's bad. That's just saying. <laughs> and you, it, none of none of these lands are legendary, by the way. The castles, the rare lands are not legendary. No. So you can have multiple multiples of these, which is really cool with the white one, because the white one is like very, very closely trying to be um legion's landing the flip yeah. land for that which is pay for put a one one white human creature token yes or create a one one not put it into play that's the the castle of Ard- arden vale oh, i just noticed that the the black one looks like a genie's lamp and the green one looks like a giant ass crocodile in the background <laughs> i love how you're just putting these together as you uh as you as you're looking at them, like no, mid episode making these connections. Uh what's that like thing in Simba? Something it, rock. Primal pride rock. rock. Pride rock. It does look a little it's a bit pride rock esque. It's pride rock. I love how you just said what's that thing in Simba referring to the Lion King? <laughs> hey dude, stick with what you know. Yeah, what is what is the Simba? What is <laughs> Is this Jeopardy? What, what's going on here? Hashtag philosophy minor. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have a philosophy minor. No, not uh, you. So you wanted to talk about one of the the uh, common ones for sure. Oh, so I wanted to talk gracious. about that. Oh, you were boy. telling me about this. I was like, what in the fuck are you even talking about? And then, and then you explained it and you yeah. got it. Yes. All the basic ones have land and <clears> then a subtype. So you can actually fetch them. Yes. So all of the common ones have their... Uh, basic land types. So the white one has plains, blue one has islands, so on and so forth. Uh, but specifically, god damn it, the blue one, Mystic Sanctuary, is a common land. Island 
it taps for blue and it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control three or more other islands. So similar to the rare ones, it doesn't have to be just basic island. It can be uh, like a volcanic island in Legacy or Vintage. It can be a steam vents in Modern. It could be steam vents in Standard because that's the thing. Um, So if you have three or more of those, it enters untapped. And when it enters the battlefield untapped, you may put target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your library. What the actual fuck is going on right now? Something. This card I'm saying right now, putting my foot in the fucking sand. This card's a problem. Like this card's going to be an issue. Why is that? It's too good. It is so good. Well, First whenever all, you were telling me why, I did not understand why. And then you told me, I was like, oh. So there's a couple. Um, First of all, it's a common, which it fits into Popper. Uh, every deck is going to probably be running this. And you're just going to be able to get, just put this on the battlefield, return whatever instant or sorcery in your blue X control deck, whether it's blue, black, blue, red, whatever. You're going to be able to return something and just... You just continue getting value. That's going to be really, really, really powerful. And I think that is going to give Blue a really big bolster in the proper format. What I am more worried about is the impact that it's going to have in Legacy. Because this card, it, it is fetchable. So off of your Scalding Tarn or off of your Flooded Strand. Oh, I just read a very important part of this. When it enters the battlefield untapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So off of your Scalding Tarn or off of your Flooded Strand. Well, you have to have three of the other other islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is a thing. Okay, so that calms it down a bit. Okay. I was much more worried about it. I don't think so. I don't think it does. I do, because you have to have three other islands. So it's fourth land drop, and then you get the ability, which is still good. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, just yeah. thought it was I don't think way that's better than be, what it was. Okay. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Uh, because you can fetch this this guy, this uh, Mystic Sanctuary, off of one of your fetch lands that go gets a blue source, and you put it on the battlefield, and you can return one of your instant or sorceries to the top of your library. So you can return your swords to plowshares. You can return your uh, anything. You can return your ponder. You can return your brainstorm. You can return your fucking terminus to the top of your library and then if you return terminus to the top of your library and you brainstorm into it on that same turn with this blue source that you have untapped if you have a white source also untapped you get to terminus at instant speed and all you have to do is have a terminus in your library this card in your deck and a white source untapped that's it and a fetch land yeah and yeah a fetch yeah a fetch land terminus in your graveyard and this card in your deck in a white horse, yeah, which isn't hard to do. No, because uh, the miracles deck already, and it's been like this forever, has almost entirely mana base built up of basic lands. Yeah, to avoid wasteland. Yes, and the predominant land in that deck that you're fetching is basic island. So the lines that you can take to just instead of fetching your basic planes, fetching a tundra, and then just continue at, on your business as fetching your basic islands enables this card easily too easily like this really 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 impacts legacy yeah time will tell i I get your point i really do 
and I, yeah, I, I, I admit that I might be coming from this from a standpoint of playing aggressive creature decks in Legacy and wanting to turn things sideways and just getting blown up by Terminus time and time again. Um, and this just really enables that. And it also just enables those control decks to just recur those things more frequently because there's already been times where Snapcasters have just been absolutely punishing. Just one Snapcaster. And you have to pay two mana to do the Snapcaster. This just gets that back and you just have to have a cantrip. But cantrips are so abundant in Legacy that that is almost a given that you're just going to have that. Yeah. Yeah, so this sense. card, oh man, this card really, really makes me fucking feel bad. I, I mean, I just wish, oh boy, I'm I'm glad that, like you said, it has that specific clarification that it has to come and untap to do the ability, but the fact that it has the ability makes me feel uneasy. Yeah, I'm sure at worst it's just a fucking tapped island, but at best you could do some shenanigans like you just said. Yeah, that's at very worst it's just an island. Yeah, which but isn't it, bad. It's a wastelandable island, but at best it is a fucking absolute blowout city. Uh, the other land I really wanted to talk about was Fabled Passage. It's just a super fucking upgraded Evolving Wilds, Terramorphic Expanse. Yeah, it's uh, it's very reminiscent to uh, Prismatic Vista. Yes. So Except it, for is, it is only basically. Yeah, but it sacrifice is also it. untapped guaranteed. Fun little caveat, you don't have to pay the life. No. Sacrifice it, search your library for a basic land card, put it into the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Then, if you control four or more lands, untap that land. Yeah, so I was going to say it's it's untapped guaranteed, but in a lot of scenarios, it's going to just be just an untapped land. Basics are fucking massive right now in a lot of formats. In a lot of formats, yeah. It definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, wowie zowie. This is really great. That's pretty cool art. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, This set has honestly been awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm really I happy with Aldrain. Like, just around... The horn, I'm really happy about it. It's happier than I've been about a lot of sets that have come out. I was I was pretty cold on War of the Spark when it came out. Like I, it was whatever. There was obviously some incredibly powerful planeswalkers, but everything else besides that seemed just like eh, whatever. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, mind you, the planeswalkers that are in that set blew the doors off of everything. Yeah, it shook up some formats pretty fucking hard. But I mean, outside of those two planeswalkers, we're speaking of Karn and Narset, obviously. Uh, besides those two planeswalkers, what cards from those sets have really made a splash anywhere? Mm, sideboards. Really? Yeah, you see the Ashiok one. Oh, I guess. Sure, sure. I, I, I yeah, I will concede that that is definitely something. Those are probably be, the biggest ones, though. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond that, it's just like those three cards, and that entire set had nothing else. Um, and then even going back to return to return to return to Ravnica. What did we see out of that that's really seeing play besides uh, Assassin's Trophy? Lavinia and Vintage. Lavinia and Vintage, sure. Yep. That card is very, very good in that format. But there aren't there there aren't five cards from that format that are really seeing play that aren't printed in other formats because the Shocklands, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's probably about it, honestly, as far as I can think of. But there are cards in this set that I see uh, being played in a lot of formats. And I think that really comes down to uh, the fact that it is that top-down design. They kind of get to play around and do whatever the hell they want. But you got to realize they're also Magic the Gathering game designers. They do have the ideas in the game that they want to be able to put in. And the fact that they put them into these certain this this set specifically speaks a lot to the work that they're putting in. And I love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because how many cards did we even talk about today that were just like, oh, this could see modern play. This is a card that could be seen in other format. Yeah, there's some shit here. Gotta love it. I really, really enjoy that. And also shout out to the basic lands in this set. We just get a quick <laughs> just just showing some love for the artists who did the basic lands. The uh what was it that looked really fucking cool? The Mark Pool Island. Very, very good. Scott uh, Murphy Forest, very, very good. The mountains all look pretty good. The mountains are really, really good. Yeah. So yeah the yeah, one yeah, island yeah. is really dope. All of the planes are good, but also uh Howard Leon does a a planes and Howard Leon is historically unstoppable. Uh, all good. there's not one that I'm like, oh, that's shitty. No, all of them are good. Every single one of them are fucking uh Vulcan Baga does a basic planes that is uh flawless. And they got they got a lot of the art down on this. Yeah. There this is probably one of the best sets for art uh that I have seen in a while. And Wait, speaking of art, I don't think we actually talked about it. Ryan Panko's art for the Kenrith family portrait. Um I can't I can't find whether it's a card or not. It feels like it would be a white card, but I don't I don't think it is because if it was then it would be my favorite card in the set. Uh but I don't think it is. No, I don't think it's an actual card. No, the closest They're thing all... to it is like Happily Ever After and uh Linden and the the king himself. Well, yeah, all the family members have their own individual card. Yeah, and for the most part. Mat, right? Yeah, it's a playmat. But the Kenrith family portrait by Ryan Pancoast of uh the brother and sister who are the planeswalkers, uh the king, the queen, and their other their two other kids. Uh what? Are you fucking kidding me, Ryan? No. Yeah, he knocked it out of the park. Like, I, you guys already know my feelings about Ryan Pankos and how he is the greatest uh, human figure artist in Magic the Gathering. This just conceals it. Like, this this locks it up in a vault and nobody can ever touch it because this is so unbelievably fucking good. Gotta yeah. love it. So, so good. Rather incredible. Yeah, absolutely breathtaking. So shout out to Ryan, uh, best magic artist. And if you disagree with me, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> That's all there is to it. All right, understand Matt, well, your fucking ground. Are you playing a uh, a pre-release this weekend, bud? I am not. I got uh, two weddings to go to. Oh, I get it. So your friends and family are more important than Magic the Gathering. Yes. Weird. Because I am definitely playing a pre-release this weekend. But I also don't have any... Uh, two weddings to go to. I don't have any weddings. Yeah, that helps, I guess. Nobody likes me enough to invite. Toothless. Yeah. Why would you want a homeless man at your wedding? I understand. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> you silly bitch. All right, well, uh, I think that concludes our conversation for the week. Uh, let's move into the game. What it's is it? Turn. You asking me this time around? Oh, you're asking me, boy. Oh, I'm asking you. I love that. That is something I'm definitely into. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, we play a game at the end of every episode, except for last week, because last week was a special scenario. But uh, the game is called Accumulated Knowledge. So in this game, I go to Scryfall. I hit the random card button and it pulls up a card and I ask Matt the name. He then has to give me the mana cost of the card. If he gets it right, he gets a point. If he doesn't get it right, then he does not get a point. In order for Matt to win, he has to get four out of the five correct. And he also gets three hints along the way, which can be any part of the card. So Matt, are you ready? Except the mana cost. Yeah, obviously you can't. I can't yeah, you can't get the mana. Yeah, boy, I'm ready. Bring it. Alrighty, let me hit this random button. 
Okay, so the first card is Struggle for Sanity. Struggle for Sanity. Oh, this is one of the uh, it's one of the Kamigawa. I don't know which one. I bought a booster box. This was my first ever booster box. Was it really? Yeah. Well, then I think you should know this, shouldn't you? It's the uh, it's the same as uh, Sensei's Dividing Top. That's it. You know what? It is the same as Sensei's Dividing Top. I will give you that. Because only because of Sensei's Dividing Top and maybe a couple other cards I am familiar with. Don't remember what the card does. Would you like to burn a hint? No. I think it would genuinely help you. No. This set is weirdly costed. Yes, it is. It's going to be three, four, (laughs) five is what I'm going to guess. I need an answer from you, my man. Give me four. Okay, well, what's the actual mana cost, bud? I don't have to get the actual. Yes, you do. You have to get the colors. That's how we always play it. Come on now. Sanity, blue blue or black. What you got? I need it right give, now. Give me the uh, the text. Oh, you're burning a hint. So the text for struggle of or struggle for sanity is target opponent reveals their hand. That player exiles a card from it. Two then you exile five. a card from it. Two Repeat this five. process until all cards in that hand have been exiled. Two that player five. returns the cards Two they exile this way. Black. What is it? Two black black. Two black black. Okay, you don't even need me to finish the card. Now, once I, I read the hand. Okay, cool. was, was, well, yeah, the last the part of that is hand. target player returns the cards they exiled this way to their hand and puts the rest into their graveyard. And you are right. It is too black, black. Yeah, it's real shitty. Yeah, that card does not seem great. So uh, I don't but, like I burning mean, a hand. You know, what does seem great. Your start for this round. Or for yeah, this game. I don't like burning a hand round one. I mean, you could get lucky. I think you might get lucky with this next one. It is Mind Warp. I want to say it's blue-black. Blue-black? Is it now? No, the is it would be blue-red. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Mind Warp. You ready to burn another hint, bud? No, I'm going to go blue-black. Okay. That's the cost? Yeah. Oh, it is X3 in black. (laughs) What am I thinking You could not have been farther from correct. Agony Warp is what I'm thinking Agony Warp. You're thinking of the card from, uh, from Return to Return to Return to Ravnica. I was thinking of Agony Warp. Oh, I love that. No, Mind Warp, man. Mind Warp is a sorcery for X3 and a black. It is look at target player's hand and choose X cards from it. That player discards those cards. This is actually, this is turning into a uh, an episode of uh, Knowledge Pool. <laughs> because yeah. all of these cards are just discard cards. Yeah, right? <laughs> you son of a bitch, you pulling a quick one on me? No, it, I'm not. I promise you. I swear to God, if Thoughtseize, I'll be happy if Thoughtseize is next. Well, I will tell you one thing, at very least, the next card is definitely not a discard card. <laughs> it is Thraben Valiant. It's white or red. It might be white or red. You might not be wrong with that. Uh, this is uh, obviously from the same set as Thraben Inspector. Oh, yeah? You think so? I think so. Thraben Inspector, a famous modern Death and Taxes card. I don't want to give too much away just in case Thraben Inspector is I know it's going to be it's going to be white. I don't think there's any... Other color three bin. I could be wrong, but um, there might be, but um, free hint. I don't, to my knowledge, think that there are any red three bin cards. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I'm pretty sure they're all white. Um, I don't know if I am very familiar with uh, a particular woman who is the guardian of three bin. Yeah, me and her are very close. She's actually some may consider. I think they're all like one through fucking two or three, man. I'm gonna go. (laughs) I'm guessing one white. Like one, one colorless, white, one colorless white. Okay, that's. A, I mean, that's a guess. Is that your final answer? 
I don't know if you're fucking with. I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's my final answer. <laughs> Damn it! I thought I was gonna get you. You with almost that. caught me. It is and one to white. <laughs> so three been vigilant or uh, three been valiant is one in a white for a human soldier. It is a two on with vigilance. Are all the three bins like two or less mana? Um, no, I think that there I are definitely the new... ones that are three mana. Yeah, I guess the new Thalia. I didn't even think of that. The three two Thalia. Well, she's heretic Athar. Oh, uh, she not a Thraben? Well, I, she doesn't have Thraben in her name, but there are Thrabens that are, I th- believe, three mana. But yeah, yeah, you got that one right. You nailed it. Okay, you right. ready for the next one? Yeah, boy, let's bring it. Shadow feed. Shadow. Shadow feed. What in the fuck? Another free hint because I'm feeling extra generous. Uh, we have drafted this format together. The card that this is from, and it's only from one format or from one set. We've drafted a lot of sets together. Yeah, I know that doesn't help a lot, but it should narrow it down to at least like 20 sets. Give me the, I have two more hints, right? Yes, you do still have two hints. Give me the uh, text. Okay, so the text on this card is remove target card in a graveyard from the game. You gain three life. Oh, this is from like the super multicolor set. Super multicolored. So Ravnica. No, it doesn't sound like, it might be a fuck, I don't know. (laughs) I need to burn another hint. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what hint I could possibly give you. Give me fucking black. What is that? Is that your answer? Alex, what is black? <laughs> what is black? That's that's actually that's more of a philosophical question. The absence of light. <laughs> the future is a snake devouring your life. Are you going to tell me? Or are you just going to fuck with me backwards through time. I'm and when you die, fuck. believe me, it doesn't stop Cedric the traitor. Yeah, the super multi the uh, shards. That's what Cedric is in, right? Yes, it is. So is your answer black? Yeah, I'm going black. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're you're 100% right. It is one black. I don't think I would have got that without the the hint. No, I don't think you would. Shadow feed sounds black, though. Yeah, I would say that, that would have been the giveaway for exactly what it is. Well, Island, I'm not going to give to you. Uh, but this next one, I will. All right. Car- Carnival Hellsteed. Carnival Hellsteed. Oh, this is... Uh... This is from Ravnica, you fuck. That's funny that you... This thing's really good and limited. Oh my god, I know it's red-black. Is it? Yes. Because is it was also in Ravnica. <laughs> fuck off and die. <laughs> I know it's red-black. It's either five or six mana. And it's, like, ridiculous. This card was actually garbage in limited. I lied. Because it's uh, super expensive. And it was a trap. Do you know that its favorite treats are candied sweet hands... Or candied hands and sweethearts? It's either three... Red, black, or four red, black. It is a card. I will give you also the free hand that it is from Return to Ravnica. But what is its mana cost? I'm going to use my last hand, Alex. Oh, boy. So your last hint is that what? It's text? Yeah. Or do you want its uh, toughness? I don't know. Or do you want its creature type? I'll give you the creature type, too. You know what? I already used the text. Give me the fucking power toughness. Let's go. Oh, I love this. You're living on the edge. So Carnival Hellsteed is a 5-4. 5-4. 5-4. Yeah, he's a tough If it was boy. a 5-4 for anything less than 5, it probably would have been playable. But it wasn't playable. I don't it's believe smart. so. Because RTR was super aggressive. It was Rakdos or Grohl or Boros were the decks. Yeah, Red was a, a very evidently powerful in that agree. Yeah. The the deck that ended up being best was Gruel. I was quite partial to Rakdos, but I do agree that Gruel was a great. Well, the red green you could play the the green dude who had uh, had to be blocked by 
with flying creatures, and then you madcap skills them. Oh, uh, was have... it not Gorkland Rampager? I don't remember. But I do remember what you're talking about. But that that has no bearing on the mana cost of this creature, and I need the mana cost. I'm going to guess. I know it's five or six. I think five would have been playable, but I don't think this one was playable. I'm going to go... <laughs> oh, I love to see you squirm. It's so good. All right, I need it right now. Four, four red black. Four red black. Is that your final answer? I don't know. Yes, no. No? Yes. No, it's yes. not? Yes, it's, four red it black. is. Are you sure it is? Four red black. Ollie, what do you think? He snored. Yes, four red black. Okay, so the Ollie snore confirms four red black, and I will also confirm that it is four red black. This thing has like a bunch of abilities, doesn't it? It has first strike and haste, and it has unleash. Is that the one one counter? It gets a one one counter, and it cannot block. Yeah, like splatter thug. Yep, exactly. I'm surprised. I don't know why I struggled wow. so hard on that. I drafted the fucking shit out of Return to Ravnica. Yeah, we both did. That format was sweet. You got it, dude. You did it. Barely. I had to use three hints. Uh, yeah, you had to use all your hints. That might be the deepest you've ever went. I mean, you're also a fucking savant, so. Well, Return to Ravnica was, uh, that put the nail in the coffin for you. Yeah, yeah, that was our bread and butter. Why am I getting all these cards? You're getting fucking waffle cards. Uh, to be fair, you got cards from limited formats that we played. And I True. also got limited for uh, cards from limited formats that I played. And I was I was super fucking confident on what was it? Not Agony Warp, but uh Mind Warp. Yeah. yeah I really that thought was just that... a case of you thinking of a card that it wasn't actually that card. Yeah. Because right, Agony man. Warp is for sure blue black. Yeah, it is. You're right, hundred percent. Well, I'm that you're the winner. So uh Winner winner, chicken dinner. That and means... guess what, motherfuckers? As is customary around these parts, you get the shout out. Fun little fact. Our shout out actually feeds into a little bit of information that we're going to feed you bitches. Our shout out does feed into some information that Me? I'm not entirely sure if we're allowed to talk about what we're going to anyway, because uh, no. fuck it. We're rebels. Yeah, fuck them. What are they going to do? Kick us out? Cool. Kick us nope. out. Not going to happen. Um, so our shout out is creators. They are on Twitter at C-R-E-A-Y-T. O-R-S. So just a fun little way to spell creators. Yeah, because they put the Y-T in there because YouTube. Yeah. Little, yes. little fun fun game for y'all. Yeah. And they are a a group that is the, the sole purpose. They pretty much control the government and wage wars against other governments for profit. Yeah, ex almost exactly. Yeah. Except for in a way that just brings... Uh, content creators from the magic community together to take down the larger conglomerates of content creators on YouTube. Cause we're stronger together than we are individually. I'm not going to lie. Whenever you say takedown, it reminds me of taking down snipes. <laughs> Gotta love it. No, but, uh, they seem like a bunch of cool people. Uh, they're really just fucking bringing people who really aren't that massively named, uh, together. Yes. And in that vein, uh, or that concept, uh, they hold an event called the the Content Creator Community Cup, where or the uh, if you want to call it the C -c Cup, no, the Cup instead of the Combo. I actually did not put that together until right now. But yeah, they they hold the Content Creator Community Cup, which is just a bunch of. Magic Gathering content creators 
uh, jump in and they compete against each other uh, to see who is the superior team. Um, and fortunately enough for us, uh, we ended up getting selected to join the the second season of the Content Creators Cup. So that's another thing that I was referring to as cool things that are down the pipeline. Again, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this yet, but fuck it, we are. Well, didn't they post that like their banner or whatever? I think that might be from last year. Oh, well, no one listens to us anyway. You're right. Nobody cares. Um, But if you want to be able to see us in the Content Creator Community Cup, we will be posting videos of our games. The idea behind it is that we are getting put into teams of four with other content creators, uh, and we will have to brew decks on Magic Arena that fit this some sort of deck building construction. But yeah, so we're going to be playing against other uh, members of the community, uh, just getting involved, interacting, and obviously taking it down. That's the game plan. Now we are at a slight bit disadvantage. Why? Because we're too good? Too handsome. Well, you're missing a tooth, and I have anger issues. So too good and too handsome, you're right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> See. But it is standard, so uh, we're a bit handicapped with that. But uh, no, we're not. We're not going to let it get to us. We're going to just. We're going to put our nose to the grindstone. We're going to figure out what the hell standard cards are, and we're going to get in, and we're going to bring home the cup. Do we actually get like a real cup? We might not get an actual real cup, but I will make a real cup for us. Okay, I'm way more into it now. We can we can hold it above our heads. Uh, we'll skate around the ice. We'll do a victory lap. Uh, it's gonna be I'm great. Super much more into it now that there's an actual cup on the line. I will make a cup, and I will. We will go ice skating someplace together, and we will skate around and film a video of us holding the cup above our heads, doing a victory lap, just like the Stanley Cup. That's I will one thousand percent do that. Yes. But that means we have to win. So uh, if you guys want to follow them, you can follow along with the Creators Cup. Uh, we're gonna be they're gonna be posting videos uh, from all of the competitors, and they're gonna be doing their own thing with uh, some commentary on the games. I will definitely try to be jumping in and doing some commentary because I think that's great. Uh, it's just it's great exposure for all of the all of the members. We're gonna be shouting out other members in the coming weeks, especially ones on our team because. Uh, our team's the best, and fuck all the other teams. Yeah, they're if you're on our back. team, folks. Fuck yeah, you got it. Yeah, you're, you're you're if you're listening to this and you're on our team, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, there's another thing I want to shout out right before we leave. Is it me? Thanks, dog. Yeah, I would like to shout out Matt. He is the greatest. See you, see. Yeah, he's the best co-host I've ever had on the Fetch and Shark Pod. He's at least in the top two. Top two. <laughs> Woo, did it. <laughs> we made it, mom. Yeah. So. uh Again, just to reiterate, uh, the Fetch and Shark podcast is now proudly brought to you uh, by Flipside Gaming. Again, if you are looking for any kind of magic singles, sealed product, or supplies, go to flipsidegaming.com. Uh, go buy your product. Go Like, if you just buy a sealed box. Listen, you fucking idiots. It's free shipping. And go to the website, use, buy shit, use our promo code FETCH, yeah, and you're golden. Use code FETCH at checkout. You did it. And you get 10% off. And you know what's really good? Paying Saving less money. than what you should for something. Yep, you're not wrong. Go save 10% math. Yeah, fucking math, bud. <laughs> yeah, so shout out Flipside Gaming. Shout out Creators. <laughs> this has been an episode. I drank too much whiskey. Hey, man, sure. I drank too much beer. <laughs> I killed a Yeti and a half of whiskey. Off the rails yet again. That's all right. Or return to form. They're not going to let us fucking commentate. 
no, because we're going to be like, no, we're, what? we're going to immediately lose our lose our sponsorship and lose our, our, our any kind of uh, ability to participate in any kind of community things because they're going to be like, who are these assholes? We're going to be banned for sure. That's fine. I'll be a little upset if we don't get banned, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's I was going to say like that's just on brand. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get back on the bandwagon next week. Yes, sir. I'll see you then. We'll join the ranks of uh, Hogak and Bridge from Below. Faithless looting. And Faithless looting next week. Birthing pod. Back on the bandwagon. And fucking Splinter Twin. Free Splinter Twin. Hashtag let that shit breathe, son. All right. We're done for this week. Yeah. Probably a good call. <laughs> we'll get real see wild. you, nerds. <laughs>